catch you off guard, or did you get it? I've had Time Dot is open for 25 minutes. You could oh. not catch me <laughs> off guard today. Not with this. Yeah, you, you you heard me say, get it on the minute, and you're just like, alright, just defense. Instant block. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting for it. You really were. You were waiting on the anti-air, and you, lo and behold, we are now on the air. That was nothing. That was not a joke. That was barely a joke. I don't know what I don't know what the joke status on that one was. Was that a joke? The funniest part of that joke was how hard it didn't land. <laughs> Just like my air attack. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, cutting that one out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out of the podcast. That's staying in. Everybody needs to hear my suffering. Oh my god. I the past several nights when I've tried to go to bed, I've been like, you know, perhaps it's time for me to give the new era of the Shrieking Shack a try, where they're covering Twilight or whatever. And I listen to it, and then I instantly fall asleep. So I have to rewind it every single night, right back to the point where I was, and I make zero progress in this podcast. <laughs> I, I will say I am thoroughly enjoying these episodes, honestly. Like, genuinely. They're, they're a fun time. I'm excited. I need to listen to the rest of the, like, you know, the rest of what they had, because I got up to, like, Goblet of Fire, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I need to listen to the rest, just because it's been so long. And I need new stuff to listen to at work. I... I don't know. I'm, like, about... I need to finish my audiobook, because I'm listening to Star Wars Phasma, and it is remarkably okay. Mm-hmm. My favorite detail in Star Wars Phasma is that Hux, like, Hux's father, Brindle, um, he lands on the planet where Phasma is, like, born, like, Parnassus, and he, like, hires a bunch of them to, like, go take him to, like, the wreckage of his ship. My favorite thing, though, is that Phasma catches his British accent, and I say catches because she just starts, like, copying everything he does with his accent and suddenly she's speaking British within two hours. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like that is canonically what happened. That is the most, Oh, the nerds are arguing about this incredibly small detail that the reason is just, we cast this fucking actor. What, how do we (laughs) explain it away? That is the most that like God. (laughs) It's, like, an alright book. Like, I've been having a good time with it. It's nowhere near as good as Ronin. But, like, I don't... I do not think I'm going to read another Star Wars book that is as good as Ronin. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, an incredible book. That being said, let's get into the podcast and not bullshit. Let's... You know, I, I know we do remarkable bullshit here and just speak and things happen. And that's the podcast. But... This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Cinna. And I'm your co-host, Sam. We are back at it again, and doing a couple episodes that I know we weren't really looking forward to, or at least we were worried about, but I ended up actually quite liking these episodes. Yeah, I'm generally positive on both of these. Like, I... we'll, We'll get into it, but I actually really enjoyed both of these. Like, I... It has been a few weeks since Bleach has, like, 
caught my full attention to where I'm like, okay, I'm actually fully paying attention now. Uh, but I, I did not feel my attention drifting these episodes. I, I enjoyed the content and yeah, let's go ahead and start with episode 154. Rukia and Kayan, the sorrowful reunion. Rukiel arrives in the lair of Araniro Ararui, or as we'd better know him, her former vice-captain, Kayan Shiba. He hates the sunlight, and thus he spends all his time in this empty dark room, which is pretty fucking sad, honestly. I just want to point out, this. so this episode and the next one, they both have like five-minute recaps. Part of this recap includes new fight footage between Chad and like the Afroad Arankar. Like, this yes. is footage that never showed up before. This is, so they're, like, inserting parts of Chad's fight in the recap, wh- like, while the narrator is recapping. And I just want to mention that this Iron Car has the most unimportant Bleach NPC face that I've ever fucking seen. He is so unimportant, and it's so funny, because it's, like... I obviously I don't want to see Chad or Uru put on like the sidelines, but it's so funny that they keep like hinting that they're gonna go into these fights, and then they haven't, and they're just like, okay, well, Chad, you're you're in the recap now, buddy. This didn't happen last week, but you're in the recap now, buddy, and they just do it there, and it's like, okay, I guess this fight doesn't matter at all. Good times, good times, Bleach. As he reveals his face to Rukia, he calls himself Espada Number Nine. Which makes Rukia the first person to fight in Espada in Los Noches, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm not wrong on that, right? Like, she's the first one who's been here in Hueco Mundo to fight in Espada, like, in Hueco Mundo, right? Yeah, because the only, the only other fight that ha- that's happened uh, at an Espada level is against a fallen Espada. Yes. So, yeah, she's the first. She gets to, she gets to shout first. <laughs> Good job, Rukia. I'm proud of you. She remembers how Kayan died, of course, uh, before he, like, you know, looks at her and smiles and goes, yeah, it sure has been a while. And then he's like, wow, these clothes are really hard to move in. And she's just, like, kind of staring at him, like, you're you're not really Kayan, are you? Like, she doesn't say this, but she's just like, you're not, really? And he just goes, come on, aren't you glad to see your old Lieutenant Kayan's alive? This, of course, sends Rukia down another flashback. As Kayan draws a couple wooden swords and tosses one to her, telling her he'll train her. This shot rules because, like, the scenery, like, changes to Squad 13's training ground. And Kayan's suddenly in his old, like, vice-captain uniform. He tells Rukia to take a stance and then goes right for her. Her body remembers every single way his movements go, even down to the way he talks. She goes for an attack, but he knocks the blade out of her hand, and the scenery returns to the Los Nauches Palace, as he tells her she would be dead were this a real battle. I love this part. I think this part rules. It's really, really good. Like, he, he gives her, like, the little, like, condescending head pat that he used to do, and he's like, hey, you, like, you would have died if this was a real fight, but you are, like, way stronger than you used to be, so, you know, good job. And it's like, oh, this is so sweet. And Rook is like, Trying to figure out, like, okay, well, no, this clearly, like, I killed Kayan, this clearly can't be Kayan, but also, he's here, looks like Kayan, feels like Kayan, talks like Kayan, like, everything he's doing is, like, my brain is screaming, this is Kayan, he's got every, whoever this is has, like, every detail on lock, and, like, just talking to him is the same, how she put it, the it's the warmth of accidentally putting your hand down in, in the sun and, like, feeling the, the heat, and she's like, that's the the gentle warmth of Kayan. 
And I'm like, oh, he's like the sun. <laughs> Despite everything, it's all coming up Kyan. After he, like, tells her that she's gotten stronger, uh, he says, other than that, though, you haven't changed at all. Whenever I beat you, you always look as though you're about to cry, which is, like, the most condescending shit. <laughs> like, I, I love it, but Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, it's just like, damn, can't you tell that she's stressed? She only does that because the Rukia in the wild only does this when she is stressed. <laughs> it, it's it's good. It, it really reads as Kayan, and I, I like it. I like it. Upon recognizing Rukia's belief that he is, in fact, Kayan, He's like, ah, finally. And he goes to open a secret compartment and he pulls out a couple, like, cushions. And he's like, all right, take a seat. I got a lot to tell you about. So they sit down and he begins explaining that his spiritual body began to crumble after facing the hollow that he died to. It was one of Aizen's experiments and after being destroyed, it was to be sent to Hueco Mundo, regenerating. As it did, the hollow fused its body to Kayan's, taking his form. Somehow, though, he managed to retain control of the body because his, quote, willpower was beyond their calculations, end quote. Rukia feels as though Kayan isn't taking the convo seriously because he starts, like, laughing and shit. And he's like, fine, I'll, I'll finish the convo. And he explains that after getting his body back, he swapped with one of the Espada and has been waiting for a chance to kill Aizen. And he explains that there are blue skies outside, right? And Rukia confirms this, and he goes... Aizen created those blue skies on Lost Notice's canopy, and anything under it is under surveillance. Which, I I do like the sky detail, I think that's neat. I think this explanation is a little fucky, but I do like it. Yeah, it's like, it's, ju like it's just a little off, so it's like it feels like there might be something more, but at the same time it's like, all of the things that he's saying make sense. Like, I could see all of these events happening within Bleach. Absolutely. 100%. Like, it, it is the prime amount of Aizen bullshit that I'm like, yeah, no, this could happen. I, I could believe this. Rukia realizes that this is why Kayan brought her here, and Kayan tells her that she's probably the only one who can handle the plan he's going to tell her. He says they should move elsewhere, and he gets up and turns his back to her, and as she gets up to follow him, the camera goes to his face, like on a close-up, and he smirks, and he draws his real blade, and goes for a surprise attack on her. She dodges swiftly, taking a small cut to her face. Kayan says she's gotten a lot stronger than he thought, and Rukia looks terrified as she realizes this man is not on her side. This bit is really good, because genuinely, even though I have seen these episodes, like, forever ago, I could not fully remember how this fight went, or how this went, and it, it was... A situation of, I was almost convinced that Kayan was on her side. Like, I, I still felt like something was off, but, like, I was almost convinced that he was telling the full truth. Yeah, like, he's such a, fr like, a friendly, affable guy, and then he gets up and you're like, okay, yeah, so they're gonna go talk in a, in a different- Oh god, he's attacking her! Exactly, exactly. It's really good. I, I really liked it. Meanwhile, we cut to Okiora asking Gin if someone has reached the palace. Gin doesn't in Gin doesn't answer, but he does comment on how unusual it is for Okiora to talk to him, and he's like, "I thought you didn't like me." Oki says this isn't the case, and Gin is like, "Well, then maybe you should be a little friendlier. It's been lonely since Luffy died." 
We used to have long conversations on the beach. <laughs> Oki asks if he's controlling the passageways, but Gein is like, I wouldn't do something mean like that. And besides, I don't like sad stories. I don't know what that means, but he does say he doesn't like sad stories. Yeah, I think in my version of the subs, he says he likes happy endings. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting difference. Blood drips from Rukia's cheek as she kneels on the ground. Kayan asks what's wrong, saying he's happy, since before she would have died from that strike. He's happy to see she's improved, as her superior. She asks how much of what he said is true, and he says all of it is, asking if there's something strange about him trying to kill her. You haven't forgotten, have you? I'm here because I was fused with a hollow. And you're Rukia Kuchki. The woman who stabbed me to death. Do you understand why I tried to kill you? The way it felt when you stabbed me? You haven't forgotten it, Kuchki. Are you prepared for me to kill you, Rukia? To atone for your crime of killing me? And she says she is, but that she can't do that now. She remembers running away the night it happened. And she says, I don't think that sin will ever go away, no matter how many years pass. If killing me will make you feel a little better, I will gladly give you my life. But I'm here to save a friend. No matter what you say, I cannot give my life to you until I save Orihime. And at this point, Kayan puts his arms up and he's like, whoa, okay, sorry, I was just kidding. Before explaining he'd never think of something as silly as killing her. And that he told her he has something only she can handle. When he does this, I'm like, oh my god, is this really a genuinely just bad joke? Or what? what is going on here? Yeah, well, I'm like, okay, clear, it can't be a joke. He fucking tried to stab her, right? Yeah. The way he pulls off the like, oh, hey, no, just kidding, just joking. Like, <laughs> Ricky's just like, what the fuck is happening? It, it's it's so good. He He really, like, nails this air of like, should I believe this guy? Should I not believe this guy? What's going on? Like... Please just make it clear for me. <laughs> As he, like, says that he has something only she can handle, uh, he smiles warmly and he puts a hand on her head again. He says, if you really want to make it up to me, there's something I want you to do. Rukia asks what he means, and he explains. I want you to bring me all of your friends' heads. It should be easy, you know. All their abilities and weaknesses, you know all those, right? It should be simple if you catch them off guard. If you do this, I'll completely forgive you for killing me. And he says all of this with, like, a smile, and Rukia just goes silent. There, There is a really good bit while he's giving this where you can hear Rukia, like, breathing, like, pretty heavily, and, like, it almost sounds like she's sobbing as he, like, says the initial plan, but, like, by the end of what he's saying, she's just completely silent. And I, I think that's a really nice touch. Mm -hmm. She goes ahead and says... You're not going to say it's a joke this time, are you? You would never joke about this. She pushes his hand off of her head and yells not to insult Sir Kayan. She says there's no way he's Kayan because he would never ask a subordinate to choose between their friends and themselves. She remembers that everyone in Squad 13 respected him from the bottom of their hearts and that when she had stabbed him, lungs full of blood, he still tried to speak. Thanks to you, I can leave my heart here he had said. Erdaniro tries to stop her, and is about to claim once more that he's Kayan, she yells at him to never speak that name again before releasing her Zanpakuto, Sode no Shirayuki. Elsewhere, Renji senses something as Ruki Renji senses something as Rukia and Erdaniro clash, Rukia on the offensive, 
She tells him there's nowhere for him to escape. And he remarks, Did you forget who taught you how to fight? With a smile. He claims he's disappointed. She isn't that much better after all. And as she prepares to attack, he goes right past her. He keeps trying to talk down to her, but she refuses to believe he is Kayan, the rage filling every strike from her. She misses with Suginomai Hakuren, and he calls her fighting style typical of her, but says she can't defeat him like that. He laughs, and the episode ends. Good fucking episode. It's a real good fucking episode. What is with Bleach and putting like really fantastic fucking episodes at the start of the sh- of, at the start of the season, and then invariably, I feel like we're gonna co- we're gonna come back at the end of the season being like, well, you know, the end of the season was kind of mid, but those two episodes like fucking slapped. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. It's going to be like the Ikaku fight all again, all over again, and we're going to be like, God damn it. Why can't we get more Kayan bullshit? Why can't we get that? Oh, man. Good good episode. I really like most things about this episode. I, I have a hard time trying to find something to complain about, especially just because, like, I think Kayan Aranero is, like, such a good villain I really, really love that as somebody who is coming back to this show, I I know I said it already, but it's like, I wanted to believe him. I had a hard time telling if what he was saying was true, or if he was lying, and what was going on. And I could not remember for the life of me how this went. And I'm glad it went the way it did, because it's good. It's fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, it's just good. Yeah. What were the post-credits and manga bits this time, Sam? So, back in Soul Society, Renji is asking about in- the interim captain status, uh, because we see that Hisagi and Kira were given the responsibilities of their respective missing captains. They were, like, super happy, ready to celebrate and everything, and Renji's like, oh, guys, they just added, like, your captain's workload to the workload you were already doing. Like, you guys are getting scammed. <laughs> And it's just a good reminder of never take the workload of a missing manager long term unless that workload comes with pay and an, and like an official HR title. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it, it it's good. I I really like it when they like draw like comedy from how weird and stupid Soul Society is. I'm I'm into it. I I, I liked this bit. It wasn't like the funniest bit I've ever seen, but it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, they're just like. This is how it would work in an office, so here you go. Here you go. More Soul Society office comedy, please. I I just want a parody of The Office that is entirely Soul Society based. Reggie stares directly into the camera. I just want Zaraki to do the Seinfeld Kramer slide. Yes, no, I want that too. That sounds really good. Like someone says, hey, pass the strawberries, and then he slides in, busts, like, does the Kramer slide, <laughs> but through a wall, and he says, did someone say Chigo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would, yes, give me Laugh this. track. Please. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> what was the manga like? <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. So- so remember how we had, like, a glowing eye in the shadows at the end of the last episode? Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't cut away in the manga. Like, you turn the page and it shows who that person is. Oh. And, and then they finish Ishida's fight. Oh. And then we see, like, the little bit- you know, Like, at the start of this episode, we saw, like, a little bit of Chad's fight. So it's like, then we see, like, that bit. And then we see the entire rest of Chad's fight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then- 
we see Rukia running into the blue skies area, but instead of being like, oh, people are people are fighting, like, no, I have to focus on myself, I have to worry about myself. She's going, oh, I'm feeling Chad fighting, like, really close by, I should hurry up and go help him. This is, hmm, I, I really wonder why the anime changed the pacing so drastically, because, like, I guess you could maybe argue, like, this works better at the beginning of a season, but it also feels really weird to me that they keep cutting away to bits and pieces of Uryu and Chad's fight, uh, and then not showing us anything really substantial from them, and then, like, going back to Rukia and being like, this is the focus. Yeah, like, it could be something like voice actor availability, or, the like, the animation cuts for this episode were ready in advance. You know, it could be any number of reasons, like, maybe just the group of animators who are working on these episodes finish their work early, and then the other eps- the other guys were, like, late because of other problems or whatever. Uh, like, we don't know, but, yeah, it is a little weird doing these changes. But one thing that they did do in the manga that got changed in the anime, um, for the worse, a little bit, is... When he, f- when Kyan first cuts her, like, Ruki's cheek, right? Like, when he does that first attack. When he says her name, the manga implies that he's saying it in two different voices. Because it's two word bubbles, one vertical and one horizontal. And they both say Rukia and they're sharing the K. And it looks Ooh. fucking sick. Uh, here we go. Look at this panel. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's so good. Yeah. And then after that, uh, after that bit where he cuts her cheek... Uh, we also see Renji get like start a fight. We get we see him get into like a fight, and there's at least one reversal, and then we get to like the kind fighting in my episode. <laughs> God, but it's like all of this is <laughs> all of this is stuff that we'll see uh, later. Yeah, the anime really said, "Yeah, we'll we'll get to it." <laughs> They're like, "Listen, we haven't we got to front load the rookie stuff." <laughs> Like we realize, you know, she's been getting, you know, cut short. We're gonna, we're gonna give her the Rukia stuff. You, 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 are you happy now? You happy now? No. Well, you be happy. Just be happy with it. I'm live on air. Going to do a little bit of research because I have an idea. Okay. Because you see, my theory, my hypothesis is maybe. They only had access to Kyan's voice actor for a limited amount of time. That would make sense. So, Kyan's voice actor was Toshihiko Seki, and he has voiced Kainshiba 2004. What else is he doing in 2004? This, oh my god. Alright, so, well, so he's in Paranoia Agent, Agatha Christie's uh, Great Detectives Part, Prower and Marple, that's also 20, 2004. He's in My Hime. He's in Gundam Sea Destiny. Uh, <laughs> as this this episode, for reference, uh, aired on December twenty sixth, two thousand seven. Yeah, but like just in the same year, he's he's playing Duo Maxwell in Super Robot Wars Alpha Three, but <laughs> he's all he's also in Gundam Sea Destiny playing two different characters, which is airing concurrently. He's also Iruka in. Uh, Naruto uh, <laughs> in like seven different Naruto games. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, so, okay. In 2004, this guy was busy. Apparently. Yeah, no, it would not surprise me. Uh, good voice actor, though. I really like him. 
Yeah. But yeah, so it would not surprise me if it was like, hey, something happened with this guy's scheduling. We only have him for, like, he was, he's basically, like, only here for two episodes, so, or, like, three or four episodes. Let's get all of his stuff done early. And then they ended up deciding to schedule those episodes earlier in the, uh, in the pipeline. Don't know if that's actually what happened, but it is a potential reasoning. <laughs> so, I, I, obviously, I, I don't remember what happens, but I find one of the titles of the, uh, upcoming episodes highly misleading. Because, <laughs> uh, it looks like, like, obviously, we, we have your episode to get through, but, uh, it looks like the next four episodes are gonna be dealing with the Uryu and Chad fights. What one of the episodes, however, is literally titled Yasutora Sado Dies. Or <laughs> he makes tears. Oh my god. See, I know what happens there because I've read the manga part well, I've slip I've clipped past the manga part that where that happens, so I know what the context of this is. <laughs> but it is really funny. <laughs> it uh, is really funny. I I hope you're ready to not get through the rest of the Rukia fight for another, like, <laughs> two weeks, because we're only doing Ishida and Chad. And then we don't come back to the Rukia fight until episode 160. God. <laughs> wanna, go, wanna go for a break? Yeah, let's cut to break. Let's get right back into it with episode 155. Rukio retaliates. Release the desperate Kido. The episode starts with Renji trying to figure out what the hell is happening with Rukia, but she's too far away, which leads into more goddamn Dantachaka, your face, holy shit, your face antics. The, this one, it, it was okay this time. It didn't land as hard for me just because it feels like that's all the bit has been. The first couple times, yeah, that was, it was pretty good. But now it's just like, okay, we get it. Dondachaka's scary. Yeah. Back in a mist-covered room, Rukia is trading blows with a laughing fake Kayan, getting pushed back but giving as good as she's getting. With him disappearing into the mist, uh, she tries her ice pillar move again, but it's dodged. Uh, this time, Kayan explains, of course, that her two moves, like Hakarin and Tsukinomai, wouldn't work against him. He helped her train to develop the moves themselves. So she's, like, trying to tell herself again, like, okay, like, he's got his face, he's got his voice, he moves like Kayan, but this ain't Kayan. And then she feels Ishida and Chad fighting. And she also feels like Ish Ichigo fighting. Well, not fighting, but, like, she feels him running around weakened. And Kayan's like, all your friends are gonna die. <laughs> They're losers. Fucking Kayan. I'm really glad he's got, like, a fog machine built into that, like, secret compartment where he keeps all the seat cushions. Because <laughs> it really adds to the ambiance of the room. It really does. Like, the fighting in here looks great. Like, it's, it's some- it's some- it is- it's the battle rages, but it's the battle rages in a fun way. I just want to imagine that, like, off-screen, after he did his, like, little maniacal laugh at the end of the last episode, he's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, one second, the vibes are off, vibes are off, and he pulls out, like, a little remote, he's like, hold on, let me just fiddle with this, uh, infrared sensor's a little fucky, just hold on one second, and he finally turns on, like, a fog machine, he's like, there we go! Now we can fight. <laughs> 
Rukia tries her Hakarin move again, but it's a feint, and she goes in for a sword strike. It gets repelled, and Aroniro summons Nejibana, Kayan's Zampakuto. It's a, it's this big-ass trident that spews water, and honestly, it's fucking sick. <laughs> I'm so into it. I was so worried for a second, like, when you started going, it's fucking- I was so really worried you were gonna be like, I fucking hate it. I was like, god damn it. But no, you, you, you followed through and I appreciate it. <laughs> so Ruka barely survives the initial onslaught of attacks, and with the follow-up, she's trying to- she's, like, still trying to tell herself- like, don't believe what your eyes are showing you, but, like, believe in the kind from your memories, because that guy wouldn't be doing- Oh, shit, she got disarmed. <laughs> I went through it quickly, but, like, the moves are really fucking cool. Like, this is a- this is a good bleach fight. I like, uh, I like seeing him using the trident. Yeah, the animation here is really good. Overall, just, like, the choreography, everything about it is really cool. I really like it. While this is happening, Ichigo feels like he can feel the fighting of all his friends, and he's he hopes they're doing well. Uh, and while he's like, I have to, I have to keep going to make sure that like I can help them or I can find Orihime, we can get the fuck out. But like he's not paying attention to Nell, who he's carrying under her sho- his uh, arm, so he's basically choking her out while he's doing this. <laughs> uh, after which she throws a little tantrum until he lets her ride on his shoulders. Yeah, it's cute. I'm into it. I. I like that my subs, the ones I've been watching, uh, don't take note of this, but she does consistently call him Itsugo, which I do really appreciate. I'm really glad that the voice acting here is consistent. Yeah. Uh, back with Rukia, instead of panicking about her blade, she just, like, as soon as she is disarmed, she immediately throws a fucking lightning bolt at Aroniro's face. <laughs> like, I was cheering. I was like, Rukia looks good in this fight, honestly. Rukia doing shit? In my bleach? Fuck yes. Thank you. Give me more. He dodges, but it makes a hole in the wall that lets in the light, and he immediately jumps away from it. Uh, which prompts Rukia to think back about like everything that he said in their previous conversation, everything about the light, not being comfortable in it, how it's like, oh, it's like Aizen's camera or whatever. It's like Aizen's eyes. And she's like, okay, well, clearly there's... Everything he was telling me was bullshit, but there's probably some truth to this. So she says, fuck it, why not? Let's try it out. She does an unencanted, like, weak binding spell, which gives her time for a stronger, fully chanted binding spell. And then once that, like, catches Kayan, she throws in another lightning bolt at the wall to make just this huge hole right next to the now-trapped Espada. And his face just fucking, like, melts off like wax. (laughs) It is horrifying to behold. It, like... There was some care taking in this animation to make it terrifying. When Kubo does horror, it good, usually. Yeah. His real head is like a giant test tube with red liquid inside and two teeny tiny heads floating inside of it. I think it's very funny and I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> They're just fucking goofy. Um, <laughs> he notes that like the biting spell she ended up using is Byakuya's favorite one, which is, you know, we've seen him use that one two or three times before. And he's saying, like, if you had shot the lightning at me instead of the wall, like, you could have actually maybe hurt me. And she's like, no, no. actually proving that you aren't the real Kayan, incredibly important, like, mondo important for this fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can kill you guilt-free. And then he just, like, flash steps to the shadows, and he's like, listen, I can just regrow Kayan's face, it's no big deal. Also, you seem to think my power is transformed. It's not. 
my power is not transformation. <laughs> and at Ruki's surprise, he explains, he is the only Gillian in the Espada, because normally a Gillian wouldn't ever be able to, like, get strong enough to join the Espada. Because his power is that he can infinitely evolve. When Metastasia, the hollow that attacked and killed Kayan, like, was killed and sent back to Huegumundo, Metastasia did, like, fuse with Kayan's body and soul and bring back all those parts back to the hollow world. And then this guy ate him. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy's power is eating other hollows and gaining all of their powers and memories. So he's not Kayan, but he has his body and his memories and, like, his brain. You know, I really like to think that this guy just kind of sucks, and the reason I say that is because I feel like if he didn't at least kind of suck, he wouldn't be a spot on number nine with a power like this, you know? Yeah. Because, like, this feels like the most OP shit, but he kind of sucks, so he's only number nine, because he he doesn't really know how to do it super good. In fairness, the only way that, like, eating someone's corpse makes you stronger is if that person was stronger than you are, right? That's true. And the people stronger than him are the other Espada. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. So he's he's probably waiting for an Espada to die, and then he can eat them. That makes sense. <laughs> he does still kind of suck, though. <laughs> yeah. But in an attempt to not suck, he says, fine, fuck it, time to unleash... Time for, like, an actual, like, Espada Arankara unleashing, which turns him into a giant mass of mouth, eyes, and tentacles with a little Kyan body at the very top. It is very silly. He's he's just sticking out the top, which is fantastic. You know how I said when Kubo does horror, it's usually pretty good? That usually was for this, because it's trying to be terrifying, but it's really funny instead. Yeah. And to cap off the episode, we get a new ending with just, like, all the mod souls walking along a slideshow of the characters. Goes from Mokuikamundo, Living World, Soul Society, back to Living World. Just some good shit. Yeah, it's cute. I think I like the ending we were on before this a little better, but, like, it is cute. I do like it. As far as the post-credits are concerned, we get an Iron Car Encyclopedia where Gin starts explaining that... That bit where, like, okay, so some we've got, like, little hollow lizards that eat the air, they eat the energy in the air, and then Baba Bao shows up to chat, and eat, and get stabbed. <laughs> Again, he's just looking for some food. It was alright. It, it wasn't a bad bit. I do like that when it says a Roncar encyclopedia, it's just Baba Bao going, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, I did like that. I thought that was nice. And as for the manga, the entire bit between Rukia's original use of the Ice Pillar and when Araniro uh, summons the Trident, that whole sequence in the mist where they're fighting sword to sword, that's not the manga. Oh. <laughs> that was just added to pad out the episode. Oh. Uh, well, it was good. Not exactly a change, but they used the most terrifying sound effect for the um, unleashing of Glutoneria. Is it Squelch? Oh, no. It's a giant glomp. (laughs) No. I don't like it. Get it out of here. No. I told you. Why you gotta do me like this? I told you. It's the most terrifying of sound effects. You were right. Oh, my God. Okay. This episode was good, too. Uh, I I liked it. Uh, I think... 
Aaron De Niro is a little silly guy now. Uh, and, you know, I'm into that. I, I'm into him being a little silly guy. I sure hope Rukia doesn't get, like, stabbed. <laughs> like, that that's me being genuine. That's that's not me being like, I looked ahead and know this happens. That's me being genuine. Like, I really hope Rukia doesn't get stabbed through the chest. Yeah, I like this episode. The fighting, like, the parts that they added were some fun stuff. They had the cool, like, the, the fighting against the Trident part was really cool. Didn't last long, but it is it is fun to, like, see him twirling it around. That Every time he hits the ground, it, like blows up in a giant tidal wave of water or whatever yeah shout out to bleach for leaving us on this cliffhanger and being like all right see you in a month because <laughs> like we're, we're not getting back to this fight for a while well you know maybe uh, maybe they'll intersperse it within other episodes yeah maybe they'll like put it in like the recap and be like this doesn't matter actually <laughs> that would be the most rude i would i would be pissed <laughs> Overall, though, like, good batch of episodes. I like these two. I'm a little nervous about next week's episode just because of the, like, you know, post-credits, like, here's what's going on next week bit. Because it really seems to imply that we're going to get up some, to some, like, Peche pervert antics, and I'm not not here for that. But here's hoping that it's it's less of that and more of a good time. That being said, though... That will probably do it for these episodes, and you can find the show on Twitter at BleachCast. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I hope y'all have a great week. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hope you don't get stabbed in the chest, I guess. And stay cool, Chad. Well, say something. Don't leave me standing here like an arrogant buffoon. Something. I did it. I did it. I said something. I'm funny. That is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I see.